Hi, this is Pastor Rick. Welcome to On Demand. You know, I love On Demand because you get a chance to choose when you want to hear the word. And I want to talk to you today about how to get to the harvest you dreamed of. There are places you see in your mind. How do you get from here to there? One thing you have to do is get your finances right. You got to have some clear financial thoughts in your mind, plans and dreams if you want to get to the place you want to be in your life. So stay with me. This is going to be great. And tell a friend to tune in because this is great. Send it, link it to a friend. This is going to help you and others you know get better acquainted with God's best for you. And you're going to learn how to get from here to there, the place you dreamed of. Stay with me. Hi, this is Pastor Rick. I'm glad you're with me today. I am really excited about our topic today because we're going to talk about something that Christians sometimes and people have a hard time talking about. We're going to talk about money. Now, the, the theme of the sermon is how to get to the harvest you dreamed of, how to get to the place you dreamed to be. And I understand for some people, they have a lot of dreams, a lot of ideas, a lot of thoughts, and they're, they're trying to figure out how do I get from where I am to the harvest I want in my life? How do I get there? Well, I want to show you how to get there. You, you get there by facing certain topics head on, facing certain seasons. You know, right now we're in this amazing pandemic and we're facing a tremendous challenge. And I think you have to face it. I think you have to look at it and go, I'm in a difficult season. I'm in a season that's not easy. It's not going to be simple. Uh, There are many mountains to climb and there are financial mountains to climb. And so how do you deal with that? So today I want to paint a picture that helps you see where you are. And I want to show you how to get from where you are to where you want to be. And there is a way. You get to the harvest. There's a way you get to that place, and I want to show you that. So if you look with me, let me show you in the Bible. We're going to take our journey from Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, believe it or not. And I want to show you how God mapped out a plan for Adam and Eve and how we're going to learn from them and how we're going to get to the harvest we dream of by watching them. And there is so many many simple principles that we are going to unearth here. That can help you. So let me begin by reviewing where we've been. Uh, I'm a big series person, and I like to talk about, you know, things in, in, in pieces and chunks. So first of all, we started the year out talking about dreaming. And the, the question for the year is, how do you dream again? And I said there are certain things you have to do. Each month I've kind of worked through one of those things. The first month I said you have to have a strategy. If you really want to dream again, you want your life to take on a new, pla- new, new, new uh, direction, You have to have a clear strategy. Number two, you have to be mature. You have to dream with strategy, and you have to dream with maturity. You you can't be childish. Thirdly, I said you have to dream with a plan. You have to know where you want to go. You can't just get in the car and drive around. You have to be clear about where you want to go. And then fourthly, I said you have to dream with confidence, and that's what we talked about on last month. We talked about the importance of having confidence and being sure in Christ with confidence went to the cross and died for us and sacrificed for us. This month we're talking about clarity, financial clarity in particular. Under the topic, how to get to the harvest you dream of. To get to the harvest, the place you want to be in your life, one of the big areas that people struggle with is finances. You, you, you have a dream, you have a plan, you have an idea, but this one area haunts you. So none of your strategies, none of your plans, all your confidence, all your desires to be mature never really, never really amount to much because this one area seems to drag you down all the time, just kind of pulls you back. 
And so if you can get a handle on this and just understand the rules of the game and, and apply them and not make them all spiritual. And, and, and I'm not going to say a lot of spiritual things. And I didn't say a lot of the spiritual stuff last week. I mean, I, I kind of did. But I, I, I wanted to just say it. I wanted to just be practical. And so I gave you a list of several things that I thought you should be clear about. And I want to go over them again so you can be clear. And I want you to see that it's, it's when you understand these things I said to you last week, when you're clear about them, it helps you. You'll, you'll have more financial clarity. You'll be able to get to the harvest you dream of if, you're, if you get this right in your mind. So here's what we said last week. Number one, you need to be clear about the best long-term financial direction. You need to be clear about where you're going financially. Number two, you need to be clear about your cash reserves. What do you have? Number three, you need to be clear about your debt payments. Who do you owe? How much debt are you in? And then number four, I said you need to be clear about, is this lifestyle survivable? Is this survivable? And I think I mentioned churches, and I said that a lot of times churches, the way that the model they follow is not survivable. You know, it's, 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 you're trained to be a nonprofit. You're trained not to save money. You're trained not to have any assets. And that is a, that is a terrible way to live. We, you know, offering to offering week to week, and you're just not saving any money, and you're just kind of existing. And what happens is you're always having to get up and beg. You're always having to get up and say something, and please help us. You know, we're down. It's, it's just, everything's difficult. And so in this kind of environment, uh, you wonder if you're going to survive, and that's a very good question. Because if we don't have a commitment to saving, and if we don't have a commitment to, here's a big term, building assets, we'll never get to the harvest we dream of having. It, it just won't happen because you don't have the assets, the tools, the means to get there. You, there's nothing to work with. And so I don't want you to feel bad. I just want you to pause with me for a minute and think about how survivable is this? Sometimes in moments like this when you have this horrible economic war that hits our country and, and you're, you're rocked on your heels and churches are closed and you can't, you can't raise an offering, it's in that moment that you're forced to look at your, your habits and say, is this a survivable model? No, it's not. You may have great concerts. You may shout, dance, feel good. You may raise your hands and pray over people, feel real spiritual. No, you know God, but you're broke. And that's not God's will for you because it's not survivable. You can't feed yourself. You can't clothe yourself. You have to hope that the government or somebody gives you something. You have to hope that the people you owe money to will will give you a chance to pay it back. That's not God's will for you. I thought the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. That's what I thought. I want to be the head, not the tail, above and not beneath. Right? I thought that's what he said. The borrower is servant to the lender. That's what I thought. So all those verses say you're in a dangerous spot without cash with a whole bunch of debt. So here's what you can do. Reset your life. Don't feel bad. Pause, please. Pause. Don't feel bad. Learn from this moment. And I'll show you how to do that. And that's why we're in this series. And so let me, if I can, give you one more thing to think about. In this moment, you'll learn another valuable lesson, the power of planning. So you learn about your financial direction. We talked about that, your cash reserves. We talked about debt. We talked about is this survivable? And then lastly, the power of planning and investing. You need to understand you need to invest in you. There's power when you invest and plan for you. For you. A lot of parents make this bad mistake. They have kids and all their life is about planning for the kids. And all their life is about, I'm living for my children. I never say that, ever. 
Never, never, never. I don't live for my kids. I, why would I do that? No, they're not living for me. Uh, I love them dearly. We love each other, don't we, kids? They're, they're watching. Those are my people. But that's not what I'm supposed to do. I need to have a plan for me. One of the greatest moments, I think, is on airplanes when they say, put the oxygen on yourself first, then on your child. <clears throat> because if you're not careful what happens, you're going to get lost in providing for your child and lose sight of you. So here's the question. Are you right now preparing for your future? There's something practical about that. Uh, believe it or not, where you are right now, this is the future you planned. Look at your money. Look at your life. Look at your resources. You planned this. You might say, no, no, things happen. I agree, things happen, okay? Things can happen to mess up your plans. I'm clear about that. But I want you to be, be clear that some of what you're facing is what you planned. You, 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 have to be, you have to take some ownership of what you don't have or didn't plan for or didn't think about. And what I don't want you to do, what I don't want us to do, is to look at this world we're living in and not plan for a better future. We need to be more positive, but we need to be forward thinking. So here's now what I want to do. I want to take you out of this story. Okay, we looked at John chapter, I'm sorry, um, we looked at um, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6 last week. And I used the verse, and I want to read it real quick, and, and I want to just, because I want to get you to another story. I want to show you something else. Here's what he said in, in Proverbs 6 and 6. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the, in the harvest. In other words, plan when you have something for the days you won't have anything. Be like the ant. And then... I think he warns us in verse 9, How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. And so shall your poverty come on you like a prowler, like a, like a robber, and your need like an armed man. You know what this is basically saying? Don't be lazy. That's basically what he's saying. He's saying if you are lazy, then you're going to have trouble. This is not saying that all poor people are lazy. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that if you are not careful, what happens to lazy people is you become poor. And I really painfully say this. Paul said it to the, to the Thessalonians. He said, you know, if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. He warned about people being idle and wasting time. There, there is a, uh, a way you can cover your slothfulness and laziness. That's what the word means, to be lazy. You can cover it up with spiritual language, you know, praise the Lord, hallelujah, the devil is trying to hurt me. And it's none of that. It's really about you not understanding harvest. One thing that you're going to learn in this study as we go forward, we're going to look at seven people. We're going to look at one today. All of them had one thing in common in the book of Genesis. They understood that if I want something, I have to sow something. Adam and Eve understood that in order to have a harvest tomorrow, they had to plant something today. Everybody that we're going to study had that clear understanding that I can't be lazy today, and if I'm slothful today, I won't eat tomorrow. That's what they understood. And, and somehow, I think, in, in Christian circles or in religious circles or in just in life, family, whatever, we get caught up and we forget you have a responsibility to plan for your life. And so there's this moment in our study we're going to see here where God makes a man, Adam and Eve. And he says, what I'm going to do is I'm, I want to show you three things that God had planned for them. And I want to show you how he framed it. It's really cool because it really is going to help you see 
God, God laid down some very simple, basic principles that if we apply them, a lot of our life will be better. It's a great strategy. It's a great plan. It's a sign of maturity. It's all the things I said earlier. It's just this is what you can do to make your life better. So let me show you Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. This is so good. It's good stuff. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, listen carefully, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. I want you to fill the earth. I want you to and subdue it. I want you to have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. That's, that's the first thing God said. God wants them to be fruitful. God wanted them to advance in life. He didn't make Adam and Eve to just stay where they were. He said, I want you to grow beyond here. I want you to be fruitful. I want you to multiply. I want you to have babies. I want you to, I want you to, meet, I want you to expand your horizons. And that's one of the great lessons in Babel, in the whole Tower of Babel thing around Genesis 11 or 12, where, where God came down and, and, conf, and confused the languages because he didn't want them to all huddle in one place. I want you to multiply. I want you to go all over the world. I don't want Nimrod to be the only guy over you telling you how to think. I want you to ex be expansive. And one of the things about some religious environments is they don't expand you. They limit you. Come be with us. Come in here. And then let me tell you, that I, I'm a big church fan. Obviously, I'm a pastor guy, right? But, but obviously, God is saying, I don't want it to be this way. I've allowed, and you can, you can have any interpretation you want. The fact is we're here. And the fact is, obviously, he's multiplying, and it's happening in our church. People are watching. They'll watch this sermon, link it, and send it to a friend. There, there are more people gathering together in unique ways, and this is part of the multiplication plan. I believe a lot of us pastors are guilty of trying to hurt everybody in one place. I'm not against, and I have thousands of members. I'm not against a membership. I'm not against size and growth. I'm simply saying God's original plan for Adam and Eve was for them to be fruitful and to multiply. He wanted them to, to feel a sense of advancement. And then he wanted them to, not only that, to subdue the earth. He wanted them to, to, take, to be educated. You don't live off just what somebody tells you, or one, some preacher man in your life, or some religious leader, or some fancy famous person on TV you don't even know. He wanted you to subdue the earth, you to become educated, for you to learn, and then he wants you to have dominion. He wants you to be on top of things. He wants you to be, have your hand of control over it, not be, not be a slave to credit cards and debt and bondage. And I'm not against healthy, smart use of debt in a way that gets you to a goal that is going to advance the kingdom. I'm not against a city going into debt to build roads so people can ride to work. I'm not against a government helping the poor people and funding it through debt for a season in a wise way. I'm not against that. I'm simply saying, notice the goal of God was always for you to have dominion. That was God's original plan. So God's plan for man was, number one, that God wanted them to advance in life. I want you to see that. He wanted them, that's the harvest he wanted. Number two, God wanted uh, them to take care of the garden. He wanted them to take care of what he gave them. Now, here's the entrepreneur part. I want you to watch this. And look at the responsibility. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man, right, and put him in the garden of Eden, and he put him there to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. 
But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. He says, I want you to advance, and I want you to advance, and secondly, take care of this garden. I'm giving you a responsibility with boundaries. You can go to this garden, and your job is to tend and keep it. I want you to make it grow. I want you to take care of it. It's your responsibility. Kind of like a farmer does his farm. This is your farm. You take care of it. Your food grows here. I want you to take care of it. Then he says to them, but there are boundaries. Can't do anything and everything. Everything is not okay. There's always, and so notice God's plan for man is the fruitful plan that has responsibility in it. You take care of the garden. That's how it works. So let me ask you, how, how are you doing with your garden right now? Your life. Your, your life. Um, I want to say something. I don't mean any harm when I say this, okay? I don't mean any harm when I say it. When a person comes up to me and says, uh, Pastor, when I talk to you, I want you to help me with something. The first thing I'm thinking, with what? With what? What do you mean? Pause. Okay. And, and then if there's a, a financial <coughs> request, excuse me, that follows, my thought is um, nicely said. It's not my responsibility. Even though I'm a generous guy, I help people. But framing things in a way that makes it sound like your life is somebody else's responsibility and that you don't have the greater responsibility in managing your garden is, is immature thinking. It is immature thinking. It's immature for a church to assume that if there's 100 people in this church and we need to buy carpet, that it's somehow all the people outside's responsibility to buy us carpet for our church. No, I don't think that. I think there's a responsibility that, that Adam had for the garden that was his responsibility. They were the stewards of the garden. You are the steward of your life. The question is, what do you do with it? What do you do with your life? Your children, your family, your life. Are you saying I shouldn't ask for help? I'm not saying that. I think help is a good thing. But I, I, I want you to notice that if you're having a dream, right, and you're dreaming of getting to the harvest you dream of for your life, you've got this plan, please understand when God made Adam and Eve, the harvest came with responsibility. You tend and you keep this garden. In practical terms, those are your clothes, fold them. Those are your clothes, wash them. That's your house, clean up behind yourself. That's your husband. Those are your children. That's your job. That's your responsibility. That's your grass. It's all you. There's a, there's a certain amount of personal ownership you've got to take hold on to and not run from. And I really think that if you don't have financial clarity, if you don't have responsibility clear in your mind when it comes to this area, you're never going to get to the harvest you dreamed of. Not possible. You can dream all day. <laughs> How can you get there? What, what, is, what can God guarantee a lazy person? He calling me lazy, Pastor Ray. No, I hope not. But I don't know that. I don't live with you. You do. You live with yourself. Look around you. Does this say 
I mean, where you are, just look around you and say, what does this say? What does this say? Why am I letting this be like this? It's like a wreck. Why is it always a wreck? I can, don't, don't cut me off. Now, hang on. Hang with me. I'm good people. I'm nice people. I'm just making a point. I have to own my, my, my laziness. I fight it every day. I fight to get the sermons done. I fight to get the messages done. I fight to study. I fight. I fight it every day. I fight it when I go. Look, here's a big fight. I walk up to you, have to do this. You go to the dishwasher and you got one fork, right? And you want to go, okay, I got to put this fork somewhere. So you just put it on the counter. You know, you don't wash the food off or anything. You don't want to empty the whole dishwasher to put one fork in there. So you say, I'll do it tomorrow. So it's been three days, and you got a sink full of dishes and a sink full of stuff. Why are you, why, what? And you watch how much TV and talk to how many people? I mean, clothes are stacked to the roof. I get it. I go through the same fight, but I have to talk to myself, exercising, eating right. It's, it's a constant list of issues. This is my garden, this body of mine. This is my garden, 185 pounds today. My garden, six feet tall. Okay. I, you know, I lost eight, nine, ten pounds. Good. I, I'm keep going. He exercised more. Keep going, Temple. I didn't have to tell you my business, but I just did for a reason. This is my, this is my garden. How's your garden coming? Are you tending and keeping it? So you like to read about Adam and Eve and make it some story. Well, yeah, God did have a mighty story there for <coughs> Adam and Eve. But what about you? What about you? And so if you have a dream to get to some place in your life and you're not there and you want to blame God and you want to cry and say, oh, God, I don't know why I'm not there. He goes, well, you know, it's really difficult to get you to the place I want you to be or where you want to be because you're not clear. You're not clear. You're not clear like Adam was. See, Adam and Eve understood If I want to eat, I have to invest today to have a harvest tomorrow. And that was true for all the people we're going to study in Genesis. They understood that. They were farmers. They were clear. They had to raise a herd. Adam and Eve had had, had sheep. They understood that sheep have to be mated and they have to multiply. You can't just go eat the meat. If you eat one sheep, you get no more. They had to understand the process of breeding. They had to understand they understand, had to understand how to get from here to there. You have a harvest stream, but you're not investing in a way that will get you there. So think about it. I'm going to give you one final thought. Here's the third thing. Remember, I said there are three. Number one, God wanted them to advance in life. Number two, God wanted them to take care of the garden. And number three, God wanted them to name every living thing in the garden. He wanted them to use their body. They had to tend the garden, but he also wanted them to use their mind. And I I know that in Genesis 2, verse 19, it says this. It says, out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every uh, uh, bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air and to every beast of the field. You know what I love about this verse is he said he, he brought them to Adam to see what he would call it. Now, I want you to understand he's omniscient. God's all-knowing, right? So what's this all about? It's, it's giving him a chance to decide. 
And this is one of the unique ways that God leads. He lets you decide. You name your animals. You name your animals. You decide what you're going to call it. Whatever Adam called it, that's what it was. Whatever. It's whatever you do. If you don't, if you don't plant for a harvest, it's not, nothing's going to happen. If you don't make a decision, it's over. If you, don't, if you don't turn this around, if you don't, it's just not going to happen. If you don't try to be healthy, if you don't try to fix your garden, if you don't try to improve your financial um, situation, if you don't save any money, if you don't, if we, and during this pandemic, during this challenging season, learn nothing, we will, we will die with nothing. If we don't go before God and say, Father, help me pay attention to what you're trying to teach me, let me be clear. Let me not be confused. <laughs> Something about that. You know, um, so here are two closing questions when you think about. It. Number one, what is your family doing to prepare for the future? Will you tend your garden and keep your garden? What will you do? What is your family planning? What is your plan? Number two, you ready? How much will your family invest now to, to protect themselves in the future? You know, there's a story I'm going to t- pick up on next week, and there's a guy named Noah. I'm going to talk about him. Interesting guy because we're going to learn from him that sometimes the level of generosity that's required to get to the place we want to be, the harvest we dream of, is just too expensive. I often say this. I see people tell me things. They'll say, oh, I want, I want to be, I want to do this, I want to learn this. But I'll say in my head, you are 20 books away from knowing that. Are you willing to read? Okay, you can't read well. Get the audio tape. Get audible. Listen to it. I mean, what, why don't you, you want God to do something in your family, but your family is not willing to invest. So how, how much is your family willing to invest in peace and working things out and getting past the arguments? How much you, are you willing to lay your pride down? Are you willing to let it go? What are you willing to do? And if you're not willing to do it, you can't ever, you won't ever have the kind of life you wanted to. So next week we're going to talk about it. Can, you, can God get you to generously invest in projects that will get you closer to your dream? Is he able to convince you or is it just not possible? Here's what I believe. You and I both have dreams and we have to decide and nobody else will be able to decide for us. And so I want to challenge you to pray with me now because for some of you this is a real moment where you can make a decision to redirect your entire life. Father, I ask you to touch hearts and minds today where people are thinking, you know, Pastor Rick was right. I, I have not been striving like I need to to invest in the future. I've accepted some things that I need to let go. I've accepted some lifestyle habits that aren't healthy for me. I have not been walking in financial clarity I have not paid attention to my debt, my cash reserves I've not done any of those things I I act like I'm going to get a harvest without sowing I'm a farmer who wants to harvest without planting anything in the ground first so Lord help me today plant some discipline I need to walk exercise, eat right take a nap I need to, I need to go back to school I need to I need to do something different. Some need to go back to work. Lord, I ask you, I don't, know where, I don't know where they need to start. But let this be that moment. 
where they say, I hear you, God, talking to me. And I, 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 I get it. You, you made me to advance. You made me to be fruitful, to have dominion, not to be in this kind of life. And so I pray, Father, this is the turning point. And all of us have to have this renewal in our lives. And so I give you all the praise and all the glory for it. And Lord, now I also pray for those who would say, you know, after hearing this message, the biggest thing I need to do is give my life to God. I need to make a change. Today, my life is not in tune with him. I've not been serving God. I've been living on my own. So I invite God into my life. And so I pray that this is the day when they make that decision and they invite Jesus to be the Lord of their life. And it starts with just simply acknowledging, I need you, God, in my life. I need to start a walk with God. Don't know how to be perfect overnight, but I know I need to make a start. And so I I give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope you were inspired by today's message. I hope you decide to be like the ant and save some money for yourself in the future. And I hope you decide to take dominion over your life. This is your life. We're talking about you taking charge of your life and allowing God to give you the life that you dreamed of. You know, the pathway there starts with you making decisions, important decisions that sometimes are hard for people to make when they're struggling with insecurities and fears. But I believe you can get there. So let me pray for you. Father, I pray for those who've listened today. May this message help them rise up to a new place of blessing and strength. I pray they would not be afraid of finances, but embrace them and use them for good causes. And may it bless their family and those around them and the world they live in. Wherever that world is, Father, whatever country they're in, whatever place they're in, may they be a blessing through their resources in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, it's a joy being with you. If you enjoyed today's message, link it and send it to a friend. Don't just listen to the message yourself. Say, let me share this with somebody that might be blessed by it. So I'll see you next time as we continue our study, showing you how to get from here to there. It's going to be a great journey. Stay with me. See you next time.